0: Hello Story Weavers! I'm Spence. Welcome to uh, Weaver Circle. This is a podcast and live stream uh, where we are talking to the people in, uh, involved in our games uh, that are being played on Weave the Tale, uh on their Twitch channel. And today we are talking to Anthony, who is our head chef for this season's game of Chew, which airs on Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So, Anthony, hi, how are you?
1: Hi, oh, I'm so happy to be on here. This is my first time getting like, you know, this a story interview like this, and I'm so happy to talk about, uh, you know, myself and the games. I'm, I'm just so happy to do it.
0: We're totally excited to have you on. Um, so to start with, let's talk about you and uh, mm-hmm. your experience as a in the rpg community as a gm or as a player
1: yeah so i'm I'm, hi everybody i'm anthony uh you can find me on twitter up here at uh, praying the plague it's a little moniker that i I love to go by uh so i started playing rpgs around uh six years ago um uh so i'm i'm watermelon cuban uh i was raised in miami and i went up north uh you know to go to school and that's really where i started to get into the concept of shared imaginary spaces before that i'd always been thinking about them uh, in games or or board games or maybe i was just kind of pretending you know that i wasn't uh role playing role-playing games uh but i you know i dropped it and i i I jumped on uh you know the dragon game uh bandwagon you know six years ago and it was a lot of fun Uh, i loved it i you know played ridiculous amounts of fifth edition um but you know when we got to the pandemic, I, you know, I, I started to, you know, not really be able to see anybody anymore. And that's where I, like, I joined like uh, join the wider, the wider community. And and it's just been amazing uh, from there, like seeing everybody playing so many new games uh, and, you know, now streaming on, on Weave the Tale every, every Friday. Right. And sometimes Wednesdays too. So <laughs> it's a great I time. Know.
0: I know I've loved watching you in the one shots and I, we played in a one shot together, right?
1: I feel like uh, we did. I, I, think that, I don't remember. You know, there's so many things. There was, there's been a lot. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot. Um, yeah. It's nice.
0: Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, Chew as the game itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, the premise itself is very interesting and it's been fully backed on Kickstarter. Um, tell us a little bit about the game, what the premise is and who your players are uh, thematically,
1: okay. So, the the game for me, uh, it's it's FDA agents on the run from the FDA, uh, and this is done to sort of showcase, uh, you know, the uh, the seedy underbelly of the FDA and the kind of decisions they make worldwide. Uh, and so we have Baron Ham, who is this sort of suave Tortespedero, uh, you know, playing a hotshot playbook. Uh, and sort of really kind of delving in <laughs> it. Yeah, I love that the chat has them uh, and you know, balding always with the gas, you know, the, the gas station Doritos and a, a sort of sunglasses. Uh, and this is somebody who's already been kind of on the run uh, from the FDA, somebody that's already been a rogue agent, somebody that's not really uh, interested in working with them. Uh, and then we have Callie Mari, uh, who's playing the veteran playbook right now. Who, I love yeah, the well, name. All food puns, all food puns, it has to be. It's the only way my my brain processes at this point. Um, and in fact, you know, we'll get to it later, but Callie recently faced, uh, you know, their trouble uh, in last week's session, and that was a, a huge thing that I loved. Uh, but Callie Mari essentially is this person who's just always on the lookout for, for what's going on, trying to uncover every little detail and secret, you know, uh, with quirks that are able to, you know, get at the heart of what's going on with everybody um and i just mm-hmm. love having like that kind of magnifying glass character um we have uh Dinah. Dinah, which is a fun like union city accent uh you know jersey mama maple uh who's playing mm-hmm. uh you know our mascot playbook and is really interested in sort of getting speaking to everybody in a very saccharine uh you know nice way um just trying to you know calm be the calm uh, tort-sharing, hard-candy-sharing uh, grandmotherly figure that, you know, really gets at the heart of everybody, um, you know. And then, you know, now we, we have, and we have, like, Colby Jack, um, who's played by our wonderful tech, Sam, who's, who's teching today. Thank you so much again, Sam. Uh, and this is our, our foil, our foil to the group, our vegan, uh, who disagrees with the many uh, food, you know, animal eating practices that go on. Uh, you know, around our games, but you know, at the same time, kind of guiding the the wider agents, um, you know, towards where you know they really should be going, uh, playing the expert. So it's just, um, it, it's it's been a lot of fun uh, to see mm-hmm. everybody together, and then of course we have our our mo- you know our newest Yakuza character. We have Rob, um, you know, <laughs> playing uh you know playing Bobby Bourbon, uh you know who's the the, sort of the you know, the, the low life playbook. You know the sort of rugged. Uh, now you know willing to lie, cheat, and steal wherever he can. Used to work with the yakuza. Mm-hmm. Now joining the party, uh, and it's just like this motley crew, right, uh, of people who have ate you know some sort of connections to the FDA, uh, and sort of you know be, I guess best able to to analyze it and pinpoint its shortcomings, um, as we uncover their effects on the wider world Uh, and that's been it's been amazing
0: well by name only and no offense uh to uh to my friends who are in the chat but bobby bourbon is going to be my favorite just you know (laughs) bourbon is my favorite (laughs) drink and you know i do love everything that is uh japanese storylines and sushi is my favorite food so um colby jack comes in second
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Colby Jack. Colby Jack is great. It's, uh, for, for me, my favorite food pun, uh, personally, you know, if they're watching, sorry, everybody, it's, it's definitely going to be Kalimari. Um, I just uh, could well, not hey, get over know. it.
0: I but, mean, it's great. It's absolutely great. So why are these <laughs> agents on the run from the FDA? Like what's the FDA's beef?
1: All right. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it started, you know, uh, in Central America, you know, in in Banana Republic territory, as it usually does with overreaching imperial U.S. agencies. Uh, But essentially, they were on a a relatively secret mission out of the country that the FDA usually doesn't do. Or or if it does, it does with uh, more red tape on a cargo plane where they get a call from Mike Appleby, who's this director of the FDA in the comics, you know, is just a super uh, important, you know, tough guy. Uh, you know, kind of hard ass character, uh, and just sort of puts them in their place. Hey, guys, it's you, not us. You know, we gotta we gotta drop some dead weight, and so they they cut them off. Um, they don't have the overreach. They don't have the power to completely, you know, expunge their their identities and everything they've already done in service uh, during this, you know, the bird flu panini, as it were. Uh, but it's enough to essentially take away any further support from them Uh, the cargo plane explodes and they fall uh, to the nearby mountains in Peru um, where it kind of kicks off so they've been trying to figure out evidence there on as to why Mike Appleby cut them off and why they're blacklisted and they're getting a little bit closer
0: so here's the thing that I don't quite understand about Mm -hmm. you yet and I'm hoping you can explain it to me based on the trailer for um uh for chew uh mm-hmm. chicken is illegal now is it that chicken <laughs> the alive creature is illegal or is it the consumption of chicken because i really like eggs so i <laughs> want to make sure that i can have eggs
1: eggs it's i love that question because uh it's it said it really strikes at the core of the hypocrisy and the paradoxes of the chew world um the bird flu happened, and mm-hmm. chicken and all avian-related products became illegal. Not only themselves the products, but the distribution, the shadowy hiding. And so one of the first jokes in the comics is actually like uh, Tony Chu and you know uh, Jagga's partner, and they're and they're kind of looking at somebody doing a stakeout, and a, a small man comes out with a little bit of chicken, and he's like fried. Probably spent his whole paycheck on just that little bit, not worth busting him. And then this this guy comes out with two pounds of raw, uncooked chicken, you know, and like these crates. And it's 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 just like this allegory for for the wider drug war. Um, and it's it's really quite funny how it works out like that. Uh, egg eggs. eggs are illegal, and there are terrorists, so called, dedicated to their defense. <laughs> So but, if if I were you, like me, I would join those <laughs> those egg terrorists.
0: But but soft boiled eggs and ramen—it's the best thing ever.
1: It's the best thing. <laughs>
0: um, I do want to uh, make one correction in the Twitch chat, which is I did not voice the trailer. I did the audio editing on the trailer for the Kickstarter. Um, that that is that is the definition. They actually had another voice actor whose name is escaping me right now, but I believe it's Melissa um uh that did the the voiceover and it is really good y'all should check it out on kickstarter anyway uh i digress um okay so my favorite foods are now off the menu and that makes me really sad are there any other foods that are illicit or is it just avian based foods like is turkey legal or no
1: no, see, no, no, not either. But so nobody, turkey, it, quail,
0: it's, duck, it's all off the table.
1: Everything, and I love quail eggs. So you know, I, I love right? eating quail eggs. So it's <laughs> you make them. As,
0: if you if you do scotch eggs with quail eggs, they are they are bite size and they are delicious. Um, I could talk so about good. food all day. I'm hungry again Oh my! But I that's
1: that, that's the point. <laughs> um, so something that's been really fun for me, actually, is that I mean this this get up is not just for show uh every week i cook uh some food uh relevant to the area that they're going to be in so oh. for peru i had papa a la and ají de gallina and these are two traditional uh peruvian dishes with like a cheddar milk reduction uh you know with with chicken and and like uh papa relleno like you put it inside the potatoes and kind of you know cooks inside of it as well and it, it tastes like almost like Cheez-Its. It's delicious. It's it's really quite good. Um, I've cooked, you know, now like steak. I've made fries. And then of course, like more recently, I'm, I'm Guatemala and they're gonna be heading to Guatemala soon. So I've cooked like tamales. I've cooked pan con frijol. I've cooked huevo ranchero, you know, all kinds of just delicious delicacies. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a huge part of it for me too, is that I, I wanna introduce, by the way, everybody, it's on Kickstarter now. So, you know, make sure to go check it out. Uh, you know, it's true. Get a there there should be a
0: command for Chew. Hey, hey, moderator, yeah, what's the command for Chew? <laughs> it's,
1: it's actually, it's, it's, it's so, quite, there uh, we go. <laughs> um, so okay. the
0: um, so I was going to ask, your background is, uh, is really influencing the setting of this game. Um, so are these tried and true places that you've been to that you have family roots in and everything?
1: Guatemala, yes. So uh, I'm like, I'm like, my mother is uh, is Guatemalan, and she's mm-hmm. like very Nahuatl in, indigenous uh, mm-hmm. in like the mountains near Quetzaltenango in Guatemala, and and so this next session is actually going to be mm-hmm. near that area because I I just felt like it would be I'd be able to speak best to my own region that I have roots in, but I visited, I spent time with with my family there, and it's it's gorgeous, it's still my favorite trip. Um, you know, and I've been lucky enough to travel a little more than than I'd like. So it's uh, it's it's just beautiful. I'd love to spend all my time there. Um, but Miami being a place, a, a sort of uh, salad mixing bowl of different Hispanic cultures, um, mm-hmm. which we live in a complete different bubble from the rest of the continent of the United States in that way. Uh, right. It's it's was very easy for me to speak towards at least other cultures' culinary practices um, because dish days and dish sharing has been such a huge part uh, of like my my racial experience, like in Miami. Um, so that's why I started in Central America. That's why I started in in Central and South America. Um, but I'm hoping to move towards uh, towards europe and and Asia as like bigger, bigger places to explore, uh, at least like, the, the culinary aspects of it that, that I can't wait. But also in Chu, there's all kinds of, there's international factions, but you mm-hmm. don't actually go to these places. And that was a huge part of it for me is like, I, I would love to see what these these uh, factions that are, are nationalistic or, or based in certain regions uh, in their home territories and, and how they would act with a home court advantage against the imperialistic FDA. So that's yeah. been a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: well, if you if you need any inspiration on Western Europe, let me know because I grew up in the Netherlands, so uh, I know a oh. thing or two about a thing or two. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> they do but not have a really national. Cool. Uh, they do not have a national food. They have immigrant food that's all mashed together, <laughs> um, and, it's, and it's delicious. Delicious.
1: Uh, it's absolutely delicious. That's, re- that's really cool. Uh,
0: so. Let's talk about the story so far because if okay. people are going to jump in tomorrow and watching the game, what are where did you all leave off?
1: okay so uh, troubles are a huge part of the game system in the sense that everybody has a you know some some issue that they're dealing with. So last session we left off with Cali Mari dealing with the person at the root of her trouble, right? In in the way that that she saw best. But they've received information that a war is now going to really happen between the factions that they've been dealing with uh, for the last couple sessions in Guatemala, and this is going to be kind of the Battle of the Five Armies moment that I'm hoping to have uh, mm-hmm. for the campaign. Uh, so that's going to be, it's going to essentially it's going to be like the climax and resolution all in one uh, of the first continental arc, as it were. Uh, mm-hmm. Next week is going to be uh, starting in a new continent, whether it be Asia or Europe, depending on the information that they get, and that's super fun. Um, so th- this week and next week is going to be a great way to get some story ends tied up to see what was going on in that first region and then kind of start Mm -hmm. fresh in a new place, uh, you know, wherever that may be. Right. Um, right. So that, that's where we're at currently.
0: Okay. Now, um, you talked about troubles. Are there any other really neat storytelling mechanics, um, that should be highlighted that people who have not played the game or, or, or tried it out should know?
1: yeah most importantly um so this is a forge in the dark game um and it does share a lot of the the narrative benefits that forge in the dark you know that blaze in the dark and Forge in the dark game systems do and, and that makes it a lot of fun. but those are more common i would say that the really really unique one that's super fun here is that because it's a mystery and detective style game there's a cork board and you get to do your you know uh Wild conspiracy theory, you know, connecting dots to dot on a real corkboard. That I mean, we use one online, but you know, I have a whiteboard here right above my my screens here, mimicking little post-it notes about, with little lines drawing about what's going where. There's just a picture of a chicken in the middle, um, you know. So uh, the corkboard is, I would say, the the most obvious uh, mystery tool that keeps everybody mm-hmm. in line with the narrative and, and what's happening. Uh, so, for example, on the corkboard, all the factions that they're seeing tomorrow, you know, are going to be there. Mm-hmm. So we have man eating alpacas, who have evolved past alpaca dumb. Um, they are—they have a, a specific term for themselves: uh, broma formuters, who eat people and then become people. Uh, the horrors of Argentina—we'll get into later. But <laughs> yo, yeah. <laughs>
0: Wait, 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 um, wait,
1: wait, wait. Are yeah, they? it's it's wild.
0: I have so many questions right now. So many. And the only thing I can think of is Kuzco from <sighs> The Emperor's New Groove, and I'm like, they're talking llamas that eat people? Wait a minute.
1: You're the first one to make uh that connection. But yes, they didn't find t- they did in fact find talking alpacas and llamas. In the Andes mountain ranges, so exactly, uh, but now you know they're rising up against their oppressors, uh, you know, who have made them this way against their will, uh, with you know guns and the help of guerrilla warfighters, uh, you know, throughout throughout Central and South America, right? Um, so we have kind of three major, you know, uh, on this on this corkboard, you'd see on the bottom right, you'd see. The pakash, as they were called, instead of the Alpacas, they've, they've dropped that name. Uh, the bottom left, you would see the USDA, which is another U.S. agency, kind of uh, conflicting with the FDA, as to who has jurisdiction and who gets to imperialize you know, the, the most effectively uh, and efficiently, right, across regions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you meet them in Starbound. It's the same thing. Uh, and then to the top, you would see uh, El Gran. A uh, boy army, and it's uh, the great army of the chickens, um, and these are the all the chickens that have uh, illegalized their existence has been determined to be uh, no longer needed, and so they're rising up with the help of a of a war hero capable of destroying thousands uh, and cybernetic enhancements. Um, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's it's quite. This is true. This happened, you know. This is what would happen in the Chewverse if these Mm -hmm. if these people met. Um, And you know what? I'm just I'm just here playing it out.
0: (laughs) I I want to run Chew now in the Static Dawn uh, game (laughs) because now I want cybernetic animals in in the Static Dawn universe. Because you it would either, be terrifying.
1: Um, <laughs> you, you either live long enough to see yourself eat people or become a cyborg. Uh, there is no <laughs> in between. I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Are there any other um, cool uh, – so, okay. No, hang on.
1: <laughs> there's so much. <laughs>
0: there's There's so much. There's so much. So the FDA is overreaching yes are they not at all working with other um food and and drug administrations in other countries or they're just like nah we're gonna take care of it because we're america america
1: that's ex- that's exactly it so in that first episode uh, we had the Midagri, which is actually the real peruvian uh you know ministry for it was essentially like the equivalent of the fda right in, right. in peru Um, And so this is something that I've actually had like the great opportunity to speak with uh, the creators of the Chew game, um, but also Mm -hmm. a lot of Chew chew experts, Chew spurts. Uh, I'm going to put that word into everything I possibly can. Uh, And you know what? One thing I, I really was curious about, I'm like, if this happened in the US, would these other agencies be given similar powers? And resoundingly, the answer was yes. So I love that idea that. These agencies now represent a big part of the military power that these countries can exude, right? Uh, and and kind of contribute to this 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 global war economy, right? That that they need not right. necessarily be a part of. And it's it's so fun um, to see how the the FDA would come in and be like, uh, "Peru's food problems are under our jurisdiction. Your chickens are now ours." And then they flash mm-hmm. their equivalent badges and they're like, "Actually." Not anymore, you're not you're not in charge. It's us, right? And uh it just the, the back and forth there. Um yes, there are other agencies. So far they've only met one. Um, but uh-huh. going into some of the other continents, you're you're gonna start to see some of their uh the interplay of these agencies and the power grabs they're in. It's wow. gonna be kind of rough.
0: I I am excited. Now I am reading in chat, and chatting. I actually just learned this today on on my stream when I was hyping up this interview um that shoe <laughs> is a comic it is a comic. have you read the comic because i have not but i am like oh no now this is a new comic that i need to find and put in my life because i love comics and graphic novels
1: it's it's gripping i mean uh you know the thesis you know and it was uh you know john layman and Rob, uh, and Rob Guillory, uh, you know, they, they kind of came to it and they were like, "What if, you know, a major crisis happened, right? Like, you know, that that gave uh, the FDA similar powers to Homeland Security, essentially, and and how that would play out." So, it, I mean, it's a two Eisner Award-winning comic series, and I knew nothing about it prior to running two. But of course, before I, I started running, uh, you know, I I just I just dove into it, and I, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to read, you know, two volumes, whatever, right?" And then I'm just you know, just, just what happens, you know, with the family and uh, and these these different food criminals, grander food politics. It's just nothing like uh, anything I've seen before. By the way, right. the chef's hat, you can thank our, our wonderful uh, tech for acquiring for me. Um, I actually have two chef hats, this one and a second. Um, they are everywhere, but I got this one um, at my local Michael's. <laughs>
0: So uh, for those for for the podcast listeners uh we if you join us live you can uh ask questions in the live um recording uh and so the question from Fable Forge RPG was where can I find that impeccable chef's hat so that is where the uh, uh the answer comes from it's Michaels does not sponsor us unfortunately but they should because I do all the things with yarn and we'll be doing It's true. I will, I will be doing giveaways of Weaver. This is the little, so what I'm showing the camera is a little crocheted octopus that is in the shape of our mascot Weaver. Um, and uh, yeah, we will be doing giveaways for the shows towards the end of the season. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and y- yeah, yeah.
1: They're so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> I love the little I'm Weavers. I'm sorry.
0: I, on tangents lots of tangents today um so i'm gonna give the uh the chat an opportunity to ask questions um because we are going to start wrapping up the um the interview but anthony i want to find out like what has been some of your highlights thus far
1: okay i'll give you one from each so episode one um was a essentially a a hamster or or guinea pig that was meant for death and the eating of a village as is, as is common uh in, oh, right. in Peru right as a dish a dish called cuy um but I forgot that was this thing. It, it indeed uh, no but that, and such a huge you know it's a fun part of the uh you know of of, of the campaign but Chuchi, uh, the guinea pig, who was golden and bright, glowing, lived for longer than anybody had imagined, um, was actually a path uh, And that was something that can, when you eat something, you can detect its memories. And so this path was really instrumental in figuring out what had happened in that session. Um, however, the stress, the toil of it had taken its toll on the elderly uh, Chuchi. And you know, kind of perished peacefully, um, and put and buried without being eaten. You know, as it regained its its true freedom. Uh, you know, for, for being a sort of like mini deity for the village. So that's that's takes the cake, right? For for one. And there's and a cargo plane exploded that episode. So a lot happened in, in episode one. Episode two uh, was definitely the Pakash leading our our wonderful agents down to Argentina. And eventually, kind of showing them their feeding grounds, as it were, where they came from, where they stored their their human flesh mountains of the of the city that they had been devouring uh, to evolve into the creatures, the Chimera-like creatures we see today. So the horror on the players' faces was definitely a fun part, uh, you know, of you know of episode two, and then episode three was by far Calimari confronting this, like essentially the person, like the personification of, of her trouble, uh, you know, and kind of getting to really decide what happened to this person who was in charge of the development of these alpacas, you know, did he deserve it? Did he not? Right. Most Mm -hmm. likely Um, (laughs) whatever happened to him. Um, Those are, those are definitely my highlights from each episode. Um,
0: And so final question um what um what playbook if you were a player what playbook would you uh play
1: okay i would definitely play the hot shot as i did during uh the first time i got to play chew uh you know as my practice kind of game and Mm -hmm. it's because there is a attribute called guts and, you know, mm-hmm. you can use guts to do all these kinds of risky situations and kind of throw yourself out there. The hotshot makes you feel like that vice character, you know, maybe I'm partial because of the Miami thing. But, you know, the vice character's like, I'm a loose cannon, but I'm the best, you know, kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And that's what our Tortespedero Espadero uh, loves to do. So just just playing that kind of character where a literal perk is that whenever something happens that's cool, something else explodes is just such a fun it's just such a fun way to interact with the world so hot shot is my is my preferred
0: and always walk away from explosions in slow motion no matter how fast the explosion on, is happening
1: putting on the 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 sunglasses or visor you know what yes yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's so great um oh
0: um oh we do have one more question from the uh from the chat from geeky nomad mm-hmm. Um, which stretch goal are you most excited for if it gets there?
1: My stretch goal that I'm most excited about are essentially like the the writers that we're going to get added uh, to Chu. Um, there's like source books and, and other, you know, props that are really helpful coming out. But I, I love Chu so much. I I believe in the book and the writing team uh, and the time that I've gotten to spend with them. They're a really dedicated group of people. And all of the stretch goal writers have been, amazing people with great perspectives to add to the game in a way that I hope I get to do with the campaign uh, and kind of thinking about it in a more international way and so mm-hmm. seeing everybody you know the just extremely diverse cast of people that could contribute and there's quite a bit of them um you know that's that that's like it's not it's my cheat answer it's not just one but all the writers mm-hmm. so um, nice that's mine
0: all right well uh anthony where can we find you online
1: okay so i'm mostly on weave the tail and i'll be here on friday 8 30 standard time playing Chew, of course um but you can also catch me uh, on wednesdays playing one shots um next week i'll be doing shadows over soul and the week after that i'll be doing black void um so just some fun spooky uh halloween one shots you know coming up um with arena especially with black void you know there's gonna be like a whole arena uh type session, so sign up if you know you want to go get on that casting call uh and then you know of course I, I just love posting uh and just kind of engaging with the wider community on twitter now that i'm, I'm a part of it in the last year uh and nice. so you can find me and that's right here this little name here praying at praying the plague um and maybe one day i'll talk about why i got that name but for now that's <laughs> that's the name
0: yeah Okay, and I do want to invite everybody who is in the chat to hang out with us because as we are wrapping up, we are going to be reading uh, Gehenna Gaming, who is actually playing Chew right now. Right now. So if you want to see how this game is played, uh, stick with us real quick. Um, And that's going to do it for us for this episode of Weaver's Circle. Thank you so much, Anthony, for joining us. And I look forward to seeing the tale that you and your players weave together. You can catch Uh, chew on our channel right here on Fridays that's tomorrow uh at 8 30 p.m eastern uh and uh, and yeah and this uh episode will be on YouTube um hopefully within a week of this airing and we will have the podcast up and running soon so until then today's a good day to roll some dice